The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. The Canada Day weekend Woo-hoo. recording of The Real Money Show. So we'll try to keep it light and sunny and optimistic about the future because definitely when it comes to physical gold and silver we truly believe that the future is great and we're excited to see what uh, what will come but first a little bit of bad news my name is jeremy wiseman vice president of guildhall wealth joining me today by the way is jerry Karaya, uh senior broker and uh, vp of sales and all around smart 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 guy was so that the, was that the bad um, news <laughs> no that wasn't the bad news um so the indices jerry were were down a little bit more this week um dow's down f- almost 15 percent on the year s p over 20 percent nasdaq over up almost 30 percent at just under 29 percent for the year russell 2000 is down 23 and a half percent the tsx is down 11 percent so far this year um, we also saw a little bit more of some losses in the gold and silver market. So far, year-to-date in U.S. dollars, gold is down half a percent on the year. So we're basically at break-even, which has been really nice to see. Gold has been very strong above $1,800 U.S. an ounce uh, over the course of the last six months. So that's that's really, really positive in the market. Silver? Not so much. Let's talk about silver a little bit, Jerry. So far, year-to-date, it's a little over 10% down on the year. And that ratio between gold and silver is really widened. I think we're in the high 80s at this point, which has always indicated a buying opportunity. Mm-hmm. 100%. This, whenever you have the, the silver-to-gold ratio breaching 90, that's a screaming buy for silver. Um, and it, silver historically you know gets dragged down with any recessionary fears um particularly on the paper markets the comics markets on the physical side um, we always like to reiterate no one is selling their precious metals uh, back to guild hall or f- furthermore we have other colleagues in other you know other other markets in the in the precious metal space and again no one is selling precious metals back so really it's just an algorithm trade um, on the exchanges Silver getting the bearing the brunt because it does have uh, industrial attributes. So if there is is any recessionary fears, slow down in these with these businesses and mining companies, it'll it will initially pull silver and gold down. But we have to remember that in two thousand and eight, the same type of uh, situation happened. You got to pull down in the in the in the precious metal space uh, initially, but then gold and silver just put on their currency hats and they just break break away from that risk and start to perform. So position wisely, you wanna get in the market um, at the right times, of course, but this is about insurance. I think the key word to what you said is initially. The initial pullback is is all it is. It just it pulls back initially. This may be the flush out that we talked about last week. Would we see it? We've only seen the price of silver come off something like another fifty cents from from our last show, uh, maybe sixty cents from our last show. But it feels it feels weak at this point. It's still staying above twenty dollars, which is very close to the cost of production. 
I think we have to understand the difference between a commodity that it costs blood, sweat, and tears to pull it out of the ground versus a, a company which could be suffering because they have high debt, they have to pay more for everything, they've got supply chain issues, that a lot of restrictions that can stop them from, from, from profiting. Mm -hmm. But in the silver market, I think as well you're right about this idea of not just where the competing price is, but competing narratives. Do people look at, do the majority of people look at silver on the paper market and see it as an industrial commodity? Or do they see it as a monetary uh, commodity? And I think ultimately commodity money wins. I think ultimately people will understand that silver is a place to store wealth and it is real money. Mm -hmm. It is the money and it will have a very, very bright future. Mm -hmm. So I think this, you know, at the, at the risk of, of being cliche, <clears throat> I think this is one of those last opportunities. And we've heard that a lot over the, over even a decade. Oh, this will be the last opportunity to buy silver. You know, we had one opera that la one of those last opportunities was at eight bucks. Yeah. The next one was at, which was in 2008. The next one was $12 in 2020. Currently we're below $21 on silver in U.S. dollars. Of course, it still costs you five bucks to buy it. Mm -hmm. It's still costing maybe $4 plus is the, is the premium on it. So the premiums are still massively high. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, and I'll ask you this, at what point, as we've seen before, will the market crack? Will the paper price no longer mean anything on the screen because it's what you can actually get your hands on and what the price will be once you do? Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to um, witness what's happening right now at the London Metals Exchange. Uh, the London Metals Exchange is not only being fined, but there is also a, a lawsuit of about $500 million towards uh, their involvement in the nickel debacle. Um, Wait, how, sorry, I don't mean to go Bannon on you there, but they you're saying they they have a lawsuit for 500 million dollars because of what happened in the nickel market Coming down the pipe that's right so we got it we got to see what's happening and why this is important to really witness is because of the deliveries versus the paper market there is a big difference a big divide that's widening and if you can't deliver the physical you either default or you start bidding for that product that you need to secure for deliveries so it's um it's it's very telling knowing that there is a premium over the spot price to buy something that is the that is the key to watch and as that premium starts to widen it shows you that that paper price is 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 not what it you know what it's trying to do is psychologically tell you that you know may, I may not want to touch that that instrument I may not want to touch that asset class so I I do believe the the paper markets the spot price is psychologically trying to you know, dissuade investors and move them away for something. You know, it's it's so boring. Look at gold. Gold and silver may be boring lately as it dances, as gold's dancing on either side of 1850. But right now, it stands alone as the asset class, both of them, that it's actually holding pretty strong, gold more so. And right now, it's historically set up for for this to continue to do so, to hold up but indeed rise with uh, with a currency reset. Yeah, you know, I totally agree. I, I've seen this enough in the market to understand, and I've always had this kind of premise about it, that desperate times call for desperate measures. Whenever the market in silver is getting hit a little bit, now this isn't that bad. We, we've seen, we've seen like, 
pullbacks in the market where the price of silver is getting crushed. This has been like a meandering sort of slow drawdown mm-hmm. in the price. It's much different, yeah. Which feels a lot different. And at the same time, again, I've always kind of seen these things and felt them to be desperate times calling for desperate measures. You know, it could be they push the price of gold down before a Fed meeting where they're going to raise rates because they know that the price of gold is going to jump up after the after something like that. And so I, I kind of feel that something's up. You know, you see it in the markets. You're, we're not blind to the markets. The whole purpose of this conversation is that ultimately, Jerry, for those who are holding precious metals, specifically silver, they're feeling the frustration. They're feeling it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've purchased silver at at much higher prices than where we are right now. Um, I'm not as frustrated because intellectually I'm I'm secure in what's what's going to happen in the market. But for those who haven't, maybe this gives them a little bit of insecurity. Do I buy it now or do I wait for the price to go lower? So what would you say to someone who is new to the market and is feeling insecure about the current price? Should they wait to see if the price goes down to 18? Yeah, it's such an important question. Um, you know, when we try to, we're sifting through so so much news and so much bad news. Um, a lot of the times people get, they, they fall into the analysis paralysis. They don't know what to do. They're seeing their RSPs getting hit, you know, down 30, 40%. Um, the yield is only offering 2%. 2%. Um, so people are, are questioning, should I buy now? You know, with stagflation and inflation worries, you know, gold and silver brings you on a history lesson, a history tour. And you go through the decades and go through a history lesson and see what seeing what gold and silver has done historically provides the the newer investor an understanding that, yes, this is wealth preservation. This is what the wealthy families have done throughout generations. This is how they have reserved their wealth and seen themselves through um, bouts of stagflation, wars, inflation, all of that. Um, you know, currency resets. We just, you know, we're going to go through uh, the world's reserve currencies in a moment, the lifespans of currencies. Um, you know, so understanding that gold is wealth insurance is one thing. Position yourself now with your insurance policy, but position because during those rounds of stagflation, gold, just to remind you what gold that did, gold went up eightfold. After the bout of stagflation, silver 11-fold. Is that the type of gains we need? Of course it is. Yeah, and you know, it's Canada Day weekend. People are going to be driving to different places. They're filling their car up with gas that hasn't been this high forever before. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden the price of gas dropped... You'd say, "Lucky me! Let's go buy a let's go buy extra canisters to fill to fill up with gas." Exactly. And so I feel like this is really what we should be thinking about right now with the precious metals market. Now we're here, we're we're seeing that here at Guildhall. There's a lot of people calling up saying, "You know, I thought about this a year ago. I really feel this is the time." There's a lot more to come up, come on the show. We talked. We want to talk about the BRICS, what they're doing, the new currencies, the Fed's hard landing, and also. What's going to what's gonna be the deal with food? Is this something we need to, to worry about? And, and how does that play into the gold market? The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. 
Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, this is the point in the show where we like to catch up on what's going on on Gold Telegraph. They're on Twitter. We follow them on Inst on um, on Telegram and uh, just like to, to see what kind of news they're putting out there. One of the headlines here is the Federal Reserve has an estimate unrecognized mark-to-market loss of four hundred. $554 billion. And they asked the question, I wonder what the Treasury thinks about this. <laughs> um, Federal, here's another one. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said today that the United States government debt is on an unsustainable path. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. Unsustainable, huh? Well, I think that goes along with the next one, Jerry, because it, the next one they say interest costs on the record national debt in the U.S. is up 30% this fiscal year. So good luck raising rates. Doesn't raising rates mean that they're adding cost to to servicing that debt? Yes, of course. Every With 30 trillion in debt, and their goal is to go to 3%, Jeremy, every 1% is 300 billion. So they're going to hit 1 trillion in servicing the debt in that 3%. So that's nuts. They're not going to be able to do that. So, you know, you see the, you see the West kind of uh, flailing about in terms of their policies, monetary policies and fiscal policies. And then you get this from Gold Telegraph, breaking news. China's central bank has signed an agreement with the Bank for International Settlements to establish a renminbi liquidity arrangement. I mean, these are all moves on the parts of the BRICS to, to nail down a new global currency. And I, I feel like you're starting to see all these kind of little whispers of the world order is is ended there's a new order the you know this the george bush senior's new world order yeah. seems to have gone by the wayside i'm sure that this was the main topic in in um at the g7 meeting but you know to go along with that i'm just going to keep rolling with these yeah, gold telegraph it. it was a good week for gold telegraph let They're me tell fire. you uh britain the united states japan and canada will ban new imports of russian gold Good luck. <laughs> Gold Telegraph asks, where will it go? China, India, and other members of the BRICS will probably get it at a discount. Now, I don't know about you, Jerry, but we've never sold Russian gold here at Guildhall. Uh, I don't even know what the Russian brands are. I know there's like three that are on the LBMA good mm -hmm. delivery bar list, but what I didn't know Canada bought Russian gold. They don't. Ha we don't have any gold reserves. <laughs> That's what I found really funny when I heard about their outlawing of Russian gold imports with the G7. Because out of the G7 block, which one of these nations uh, acquires gold en masse? If you, if you did that to maybe China or India, uh, that would be a big deal. But for a G7 nation, it's, 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 a, it's a, you know, nothing burger, in fact. And what they will actually do is export to India or China because the major the major entity, the country that needs that gold would be Switzerland. And one way around it would be to export to India. India would then refine it and and remelt, remelt it and into another bar, and off it goes to Switzerland. So there's no way uh, a, you know, a blockade of Russian gold will work. It's just such a futile move, in my opinion. I want to jump to a different topic here, Jerry, where... We're seeing a lot of things happen with uh, food. Um, so I'm going to throw out a couple more of these Gold Telegraph because they seem to be hitting on this as well. So I think it is a topic that 
that does have to do with what we're seeing in the gold markets. We'll show you why. We'll, we'll kind of just throw it into a discussion. The European Central Bank plans to ask the Eurozone banks to factor a possible recession into their business plans. Energy rationing, spiral inflation, huge debts, and climbing food costs. Now, one other thing here is Switzerland wants to expand its emergency food reserves. Think about that. They want to expand their, their food reserves. Hmm. Now, did you see the Gateway Pundit article this week? I didn't. So there was a, ga there was a Gateway Pundit article that kind of went viral in, in our spheres about um, all of the food, food plants that uh, that have gone up in smoke and they did put it up on um they did put it up on uh, zero hedge and then it, it came across the other the other news things I did, I did see the video of the train on the train tracks um going by and you see just it hits a particular track and the entire train which was filled with fertilizers topples over so i mean uh this whole thing stinks i mean when you line up the amount of and it's just just not one specific region or you know a place in the world. This is happening globally, in, in all in all areas. So this is a very interesting time to keep an eye on, on how these things are happening, who could be orchestrating such a thing, and the reasons uh, for doing so. Well, the thing you know you can say conspiracy theory, but at the end of the day, they. The, the Gateway Pundit came out with a list of 100 processing plants. They actually came up with an interactive map. Um, just Good. things like a five-alarm fire ripped through the Dairy Gold Butter production plant. I'm just going at random here. Um, in February, Bonanza Meat Company goes up in flames in El Paso, Texas. Um, skipping through, let's go 32. Nestle Food Plant had extensively damaged in a fire. New production destroyed. Um, then it then it starts to get really eerie. Okay, five point three million chickens destroyed at an egg farm in Buena Vista, Iowa, in March. Um, Three hundred and fifteen thousand chickens destroyed at an egg farm in Maryland back in March. Um, One hundred and twenty-six thousand turkeys destroyed in South Dakota. One point four six million. Chickens destroyed in an egg farm in Iowa again. Goodness. Like, what is going on? Hmm. What is going? This keeps going. By the way, I'm so only at 45. Goodness, so and I'm just much... jumping things out. They're saying, you know, 90, 99,000 turkeys destroyed in Minnesota in Minnesota back in April. This is going in in chronological in, in date order. Wow. Um, at the end of May, three million chickens destroyed by fire at a facility in Minnesota. Like, this is crazy. This this is not. How can you say that this is all just a coincidence? 10,000 head of, of heads of cattle have reportedly died in a Kansas heat wave. Mm -hmm. We saw that. We, saw, we talked about that a little bit. But so I, I think we've got to be prepared in many fronts all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. You know, we've had a couple scares of, of food before. But uh, and then I was talking to a client uh, yesterday. They were saying something about. Farmers have a specific type of fuel that they use, like a specific type of diesel for their tractors, and all of a sudden that's that's become unavailable, which means they can't that they might have issues, mm -hmm. even you know, yeah, you get it, bringing in the crops. So this is this is a, a weird state of affairs. Mm -hmm. Very interesting in, indeed. Again, desperate times calling for desperate measures. Is mm -hmm. this is this a desperate measure? What, what what do you think could possibly be behind this? 
Um, you know, with the plans of the WF of not owning anything and compartmentalizing kind of world in different societies and moving people, I mean, if that is their goal, we just have to be very aware of what is happening and, you know, not just, you know, take it by face value and just read the headline, do something about it. We talk a lot about doing that for gold, doing, like, ensuring your wealth, get into the gold market. You need to eat. And this is what... <laughs> This is food we're talking about, the number well, one. It means just price, whatever is available, it's going to be that much more expensive, mm -hmm. right? So you have to be prepared for that. And we have to balance our wealth to be able to, 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 afford. to mm -hmm. afford that and to meet our, our, end of our, our goals and not lose our lifestyle. That's right. Right? You shouldn't be in battle with the government for your lifestyle. You should be maintaining your lifestyle, and gold and silver will help you maintain that lifestyle. It may not feel like that. It may not feel like that when you look at the price of gold and silver today. It's always ironic when I speak to people who say, well, gold hasn't done that much. You're sitting there going, no. really? Do you want to know where it's been in the last two years? <laughs> it's, you know, last year it was only down 4% during the year of transitory inflation after mm. it went up like 35% the two years before. That's right. Um, this year it's even, and we're, we're halfway through a year that is absolutely meltdown probably one of the craziest years i've ever seen maybe yep. not quite as dark there's dark stuff happening but there's lots of crazy stuff going on that seems to be good i mean you're seeing all these terrible politicians step down mm -hmm. um we have a, a, a client that that tracks and he's i think it's like a hashtag like the dominoes falling exactly. it's all these these terrible politicians that decide okay i'm not going to rerun it's like well why not well, I mean, all of a sudden well, you why just, you, you you just got in <laughs> you, you, you're doing i thought you were doing god's work there like the way you're treating everybody horrible we have to protect ourselves i think that's what this is coming down to it we is. have to we have to be be aware we have to be awake um, I saw a great video um, by who's who's the the guy that we follow from Arcadia Economics on on silver Rafi Rafi Farber he did a fantastic video I on watched, the World yeah. Economic did yeah. you watch it uh, yesterday yeah yeah so he talks about uh, Noah Harari and they show we should put this somewhere so people can see it they put a clip out where the guy asks about um, about currency and a currency system and what if it fails the guy has this guy harari has no idea how to answer the question mm -hmm. and the guy asking the question takes an hour was it backed by human will or something yeah he was just like well you know we have these conceptions and you need humans for these conceptions and it was like going in buddy circles. you don't know yeah. what you're talking about how can you possibly fulfill your plans if you don't even know what you're talking about speaking of that i was actually watching another little clip um just before we came on with um, uh, the political pundit uh, Sowell. Do, you know, do you know who I'm talking about? And they were asking him about the Fed, and he had a brilliant answer at the end because they said, well, what would we replace it with? And he said, well, what do you replace cancer with when you get rid of it? <laughs> exactly. 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 Good point. The, the Fed has not been good for the people. I mean, look at what... Look at what Jerome Powell said this week. He said, we, we, we don't properly understand inflation. How can you say that? How can, <laughs> your job is to understand inflation. <laughs> How can you? I mean, like, let's come on. What are you going to say to that? Because it exposes the currency, exposes fiat-based currency systems that you can just print that thing with, with all the force that you would like. But until until the the trust is down the drain the debts don't matter until they do as as you say 
and it's coming back to roost. I mean, the, the, he's panicked. The Fed is totally trapped. The central bank system is a dying system. The G7, they're floundering all over the place like chickens with their heads cut off. But as they're meeting, as they're floundering, the BRIC nations are setting up one brick at a time. Yeah, they're setting up one brick at a time. The, the world's best currency right now is Russia. And they, and, and I just, they, why do you have these sanctions if they keep having a blowback effect on you? Mm-hmm. It's not working. You've got, to change, you've got to change up the strategy here and figure out how you're going to deal with that situation. And in the meantime, energy prices are going through the roof. And there's just a lot going on. And at the end of the day, all we can do is keep looking at the gold and silver prices and saying, what a buying opportunity. Because at the end of the day, when these debts start collapsing and these companies fall under the weight of all of the debt and the governments start to collapse under the weight of the debt, you want to be in a position where you're ready to make the rules, mm-hmm. right? The adage is he who owns the gold makes the rules. And there's central bank after central bank around the world that continue to add gold to their reserves, right. including all of the BRIC nations. You have to become your own central bank. You have to res- preserve your own wealth. You have to become your own central bank. And the best way to do that is with gold and silver. And if you've already owned silver and you see the price coming down a bit, Great. Take advantage. If you're not in a position to take advantage, just wait. Just mm-hmm. wait. You know, um, batten down the hatches and and keep keep your keep cool, calm, and collected. And right. it's it's gonna happen. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Give us a call. As you can see, we love talking about precious metals, and we'd be happy to talk about how we can get some precious metals in your portfolio as well. It's the Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. If you'd like some physical gold and silver in your portfolio and you've never purchased precious metals before, please tr- visit our website at guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Great place to see the different types of products that are available and even get a small variety for yourself for the first time because it's really important to get some physical in your hand before moving up to some sort of storage option or even holding it in a registered account. It's nice to have the energy of it in your hand and feel that physical weight of it to understand that, oh, yeah, this isn't an investment. This is actually a commodity. I'm actually holding a ret- an, an end-user retail fabricated product, just like the desk that you might be sitting at or the car that you're driving or the T-shirt that you're wearing. These are all end-user retail products, and that's what we are also dealing with at Guildhall. And, of course, you can hold it in a registered account. You can also have it in an IROC-approved, independent, secured, armored depository where the accounts are fully allocated, fully segregated, meaning you retain complete ownership of your holdings, whether it's in a direct depository account, sub-account, or even in a registered account as well. Exchange rates on physical precious metals. Let's talk about exchange rates on physical precious metals. Most people in Canada would expect to pay Canadian dollars for gold and silver, except that when you're dealing with a bullion dealer for physical precious metals, all of a sudden the U.S. dollar is there, and there seems to be a there when you at first look, there seems to be a lot of pricing 
included in this. So Jerry, I noticed, you know, if you're looking at the, at the price of gold, for instance, you're going to see a spot price in gold. Then you're going to see the fabricated price in US dollars. Then you're going to see the price in Canadian dollars once it's exchanged. As, as Canadians, why can't we just pay Canadian dollars? Mm -hmm. That is a great question, one that we get a lot of. Uh, it's very important to understand, firstly, why we have to go with the U.S. dollar pricing. It's because the U.S. has that world's reserve currency status. So every commodity in the world is initially priced in U.S. dollars. And it's something that we here at Guildhall like to show on our, on our invoicing uh, to show that U.S. dollar. It's transparency, which does build trust. So we show the US dollar price, the fabricated price out the door. So you do have that option. If you are lucky enough to have US dollars, go ahead and pay in US dollars. But majority of Canadians have loonies. So we then have to show the converted rate into Canadian dollar and put us to the test, check our foreign exchange exchange rate comparison tool on and check our check our rates. Our rates are fantastic when it comes to Canadian dollar. And also it makes, it does open up a very good learning experience as well to, to understand it's not always about watching the U.S. dollar price of gold and silver. Because even though we may have fluctuations downwards for gold and silver as of late, what's going on with the loonie? Chances are the loonie as well is losing purchasing power. The, the U.S. to Canadian exchange rate is getting worse for us Canadians. So sometimes it can offset, but it's very important to see uh, how that plays out, what is the US dollar price, what the foreign exchange rate is, and what your Canadian price is. But it's also important to know that there is no HST on gold and silver here in Canada. And I, I have a belief that the reason they don't do that, because according to the Canadian Currency Act, they still do have precious metals there and you cannot tax money. I think as well, it can be frustrating for a Canadian to in every other retail product not have to worry about the US dollar and then when it comes to a precious metals you have to contend with this exchange rate of course it is one part transparency and that can be you know if you're in a rush and you have to try to understand something new that can be a bit of a frustration but at the same time if you don't go through that process of understanding and being transparent about the exchange rate from the reserve currency status and here's the price of gold in US and then convert in, you know, then the price in, of the metal in US and then converting into Canadian. If you don't go through that process, you could end up with confusion on the other side because if you only looked at the spot price in Canadian or the end price in Canadian, the spot price of US is always around. And it's ubiquitous. That's right. So you, you'd end up confused. You'd, you'd say, well, why is the price $32 per ounce for a 100-ounce silver bar when the price of silver is twenty one eighty US, mm -hmm. right? Or they, you wouldn't say US. You'd just say, but it's twenty one eighty. Well, because there's an exchange rate and because there's a cost on that twenty one eighty, where the price of the metal in, in US dollars for a 100-ounce bar is close to $25, and then once you convert that into Canadian, you're now into the $32 range. Exactly. I liken it to sometimes watching commercials like back in the day, you would see a commercial maybe for the U.S. Uh, McDonald's and you think, oh, that's on sale. And you go to the Canadian McDonald's and you realize, wait a minute, that's not, this exact, that's not the same price. It's exactly the same thing. Um, the U.S. prices are just, they just look lower. But it's in fact, what it is, is our, our currency is, is a third less. 
So we have to be cognizant of what's going on with the currency and prices will be different. Um, a lot of the times our cars are being imported, for example, from the U.S., um, but the dealership won't show what the U.S. dollar price is. It's just a flat-out Canadian rate. So we here at Guildhall just believe in showing both both currencies. And feel free to pay half in U.S., pay half in Canadian. We can work with either or. And all currencies across the globe, with at this time, as we record the show, Russia maybe being excluded from that, they're all devaluing. They're all printing themselves into oblivion, meaning every day, more and more countries, they keep printing money and making their currencies worth less. So all currencies are experiencing the same issue, which is why everyone in every currency should be acquiring physical gold and silver to hedge against the devaluation of the currencies. So that tells you why there's a difference between Canadian and US and exchange rates and why we handle and how we handle exchange rates with our clients. Great. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. If you're looking to acquire some physical precious metals for the first time, please visit guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You'll see the selection of products that we offer. Some different rates on different products. It's all LVMA approved, so it's all globally recognized brands. Liquidity assured on all of that product. Visit the site. Prices are great. Um, and and the amount of products that are around right now is pretty good too. So take a look at that. If you want to hold it in your portfolio within a registered account, remember with Guildhall, it's all physical. The clients retain full ownership of their physical products even within the registered account. You can you can even go to the to the vault and personally audit your holdings or get a, a photo audit of your holdings. So that falls along that follows along with the adage of if you can't hold it you don't own it. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. It's the real money show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you don't have physical gold or silver in your registered account, what's, what's taking so long? Give us a call. We can help you put physical gold and silver in your registered RSP, TFSA, Lira, LIF, RIF, and we help you open those accounts. And then we'll help you do the transfer from your outgoing institution to Questrade. We do all the heavy lifting for you here at Guildhall. We'll walk you through the process so that you're getting up to date on how this works. We're very transparent all the way along. And then once, if you're doing a transfer and the funds come over, then we'll walk you through the actual purchase of your physical gold and silver. The product gets deposited into your sub account at Brinks right away. And then the trade is uh, occurs through your quest trade portal. And then you can log on to your quest trade portal and see, you know, the profit loss and how you're doing, you can view it kind of like a stock, except that you actually own a physical asset that's being stored in a vault outside the banking system. So this is by far the most exciting and best way to hold physical gold and silver 
in a registered account because there's no counterparty risk. Right. That's the whole point. If you're going to own physical gold and silver, you don't take on counterparty risk. You don't go for a pool account where you're sharing a kilo bar with two other people. Mm -mm. You don't go and buy a physical backed fund where you don't own the product. And if you're not a big enough account, you'll never be able to take delivery. So can you hold it? No. No. Can I go and visit it? No. You don't have access. It's not yours. This allows you to actually have the physical product in your possession. Yes, it's stored in the vault, but it's yours. No one has a claim on that except you. Can you take delivery? Sure. If you want to pay your withholding tax, you can take delivery. Would there be additional cost beyond the withholding tax? Not really. An administration fee and the cost to deliver. You've already purchased the product. So this is just to show, you know, should you do it? We can talk about that. You know, we've had clients mm -hmm. who've done it in the past. It's a very rare amount of people that do it because this is a perfect option to not have to withdraw the money from the RSP and pay those taxes. Yeah. So that's just wanted to kind of take a moment there, Jerry, to to talk about what, what we do at Guildhall and why it's so important for Canadians. We're giving them an, an ability to maintain their wealth and be out of the banking system while still being within the registered account and not having to withdraw the funds and, and uh, pay exorbitant withholding taxes so they can keep control of their wealth. And this not just goes for every Canadian. It can, you know, there's a lot of Canadian businesses out there as well, which, speaking of Canadian businesses, we're going to be having a new segment here on The Real Money Show. Jerry, why don't you tell us all about it? Exactly. So Guildhall will be uh, dedicating actually a segment of the show to interview a small business owner uh, locally or across Canada. We're going to call this segment hashtag SOS business or spotlight on small, small business. We want to hear about their story, how they have dealt and are currently dealing with challenges and also hearing about their successes as well. You know, Guild, Guildhall, Jeremy, you know, being in business for 20 years here, this is our 20th year and it's such a humbling thought. So we want to be able to use the show to help businesses share their voices to our listeners across Canada. So we're you know, really excited about this. We want to hear from small business owners. We have a lineup coming up and just you know, f you know, broadcast their voices. We want to hear about the challenges, knowing that we look at some data pieces throughout the week. You know, uh, We have U.S. GDP rev revisions down. It's screaming stagflation. Also, the optimism among new U.S. Uh, business leaders have actually dropped to a new low amid, amid rising inflation, supply issues, and labor shortages. Uh, the survey found one in five business leaders, or 19%, said they were optimistic about the national economy the year ahead. Further, among those surveyed, 99% of those businesses reported that their costs of doing business has increased over the past years. We have met so many countless business leaders who have either had to flee, they just close up the shop, fled the country, or they're just scraping by. And that's not the point of business. Business, your, your, your aim is to thrive and multiply and grow, not scrape by and try to, you know, you know, even outlay some of your own money to keep the doors open. You know, I wonder if we talked a lot on the show in the past about 2008 and how the banks you know, no one, no one was held to account for what happened in 2008. And I wonder if some of the things that are happening now are, are because of that, are because it goes back to 2008 and the fact that the economy didn't have, didn't go through the hangover that it should have. It didn't resolve the issues that it should have. The central bank was able to kind of paper it over, absorb the toxic 
debt, keep printing money, never raise the interest rates. And here we are, it's 2022. It's 14 years after the fact. And, you know, and, and two years of COVID later and printing 70% more money. And here we are, we have to deal with it now. And do you say, yeah, okay, this is going to be bad. You know, I'm going to have a headache. <laughs> it's, you know, might yeah, be exactly. puking. I'm going to be nauseous. Um, I'm going to take a COVID test. I'm going to think, what, what's going on? But, but could there be better times ahead? Is this what we need to go through to be able to, dare I say, reimagine how the future could look and do it right? One of the things that we're seeing collapsing are currencies. Mm -hmm. Currencies don't last forever. Exactly. We are seeing a rise of nations moving away. We talk about the BRIC nations, and we're helping Canadians do it in their register plans as well. Reset while they're resetting. You're converting out of bad currency into a better one of gold because that can transition into whatever currency system is coming about. And we have to talk about this. This is the Triffin dilemma. And what does this mean for precious metals? With the rise of every power, the reserve status is both a blessing and a curse. We see things you know, benefit at the beginning, but as imports uh, brought in by fiat currency, manufacturing and agriculture leave the country, as well as skills. This leads to trade imbalances and a weaker currency. This phenomenon is dubbed the Triffin Dilemma, which means effectively, Jeremy, reserve currency, have, they have a lifespan. If we look back at this chart from back to 1500, the first was Portugal. That currency lasts 80 years. In the 1600s, you had this, the Spanish currency, 110 years, and then you had Austria, 80 years. Um, you had a 95-year span, I believe this is um, France. France. Beyond that is the UK with 105 years, and then the United States, which is at its 99th year. So the average lifespan is approximately 100 years. The US is on its 99th year, so there's a transition. Gold has maintained its purchasing power on every continent of the globe throughout these six previous periods. Currencies come and go, but gold and silver are money. And when transitioning from one era to another, have a strong allocations to metals. This is your hedge, and this is your position. Six currency failures. Each time gold holds its value, silver holds its value, keeps on rocking into the future. Happy Canada weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to The Real Money Show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And Jerry, thank you so much. That was really good information. We have to make sure that we put that onto our YouTube and, and Telegram. Again, thank you so much for everyone listening to us here on The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Look forward to speaking with you soon. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.